you hear your word understand your word father send us understanding let us know why you're letting us hear this message today that it won't be just information but it will impact our lives in a great way and we thank you father for what you're going to do in this understanding that that you give us of your word in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 so today i thought we'd talk about what happens when god's people dream what happens when god's people dream we um, need to define first of all what a dream is uh, and and uh, dictionaries define dreams as mental images that form during sleep mental images that form during sleep it's also an involuntary vision that occurs during sleep uh, and that's as much as, as, <laughs> as human resources can can understand because there's not um, consensus on what dreams really mean or why we dream uh, many times <clears throat> dreams can be disturbing they cause an emotional reaction in people uh, oftentimes dreams can be pleasant uh, it's not always understood where dreams come from but we know also that God can speak to us through dreams and he can speak to us um, <clears throat> so a dream also can be thought of as a um, uh, a um, pleasant uh, way of exercising our imaginations very often things that we desire uh, appear to us in the form of dreams so we can say dreams come through our imagination which we understand that uh, sometimes dreams can be understood sometimes they come uh, in puzzles or they they form uh, questions in our minds and so uh, it's customary if you're a believer that if a dream if you have a dream if it's significant you bring it before the Lord for an interpretation that is what God expects us to do with all dreams just like a thought uh, that comes to you you measure it against God's word if it is something that lines up with God's word and it's something that uh, flows and fits in your life you embrace it you incorporate it into your life if it's something that does not fit you discard it so there are certain things that we're allowed to have in our thoughts and in our hearts by God certain things that we're not allowed and so when dreams come to us we need to examine them before God and before his word I always tell people I, I would have people sometimes when they know you're a prophet they'll ask you uh, well uh, I had a dream can you tell me what it means and I'll say well if it came to you God may want to tell you what it means have you prayed and asked God if that dream is from him number one and if it is from him what is the meaning of it uh, God God's not the author of confusion so he won't send you a dream that he won't tell you the meaning of and give you full disclosure because if he's speaking to you that way he wants to be understood 
when we talk about the New Testament theology the primary way God speaks to us is not through dreams but it is through his word the Bible says in Hebrews that in the latter day he has spoken to us through his son God has left a written word record of his dealings with humanity that is very clear if we have the Holy Spirit and we allow God to give us understanding through meditation on the word of God he can speak very clearly to us but he still yet speaks to people in dreams in Job 33 we see what he has to say uh, about this in Job 33:15-14. Uh, it says, "God speaks once, yea, twice; yet a man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, and slumberings upon their bed." Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from him keep his soul back from the pit so here we see dreams coming in the form of a warning to somebody who's not easy to reach that's what this whole passage is about so you will get an understanding then that a dream is not a higher form of communication for God with humanity than the word in Ecclesiastes 5.3 let me go there and read that for you it's important to get an understanding of when where and why because if you do that you'll keep things in the proper perspective Ecclesiastes 5.3 it says for a dream comes through the multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words so a dream what they're saying here is dreams come to busy people people who are too busy with their own business to sit down and talk to God on their own so he has to speak to them in dreams I remember a uh, testimony of a woman who uh, had (coughs) left her home and gone to uh, Christian college, in fact ORU, and she was married and had two small children and she was working as well and going to school and, and she didn't have a lot of time to get with God during her waking hours and she asked God to talk to her while she was asleep and he did. You got me? Not that she wanted it that way, but her life had kind of gotten her overwhelmed with responsibility, and the only time left was her sleeping time. You don't want to push God over into your sleep is the only time you can get with him but at least she was smart enough to figure out he could use that time uh, to communicate with her but she knew it wasn't the best and he did as well in Numbers chapter 12 you'll see uh, in perspective how God feels about speaking to us in dreams you saw that in Job and he said that uh, God will speak to you first one way then another so a dream is something that God uses to kind of get us in desperation <laughs> when he's a little desperate to communicate with us and he can't really pin us down to get with us the way he wants to 
in uh, Numbers 12 is a story of Miriam and Aaron when they thought they would uh, I guess usurp authority over their brother Moses now God chose Moses as the leader of all Israel we all know that but here's his brother and his sister remember Miriam the older nosy sister that followed him down the river and found out where he was and was able to connect Moses back with his mother again as the nurse well here she's being the nosy older sister still sometimes those roles don't change a whole lot and uh, it says verse 12 verse 1 Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married now listen they would have talked about him for, for any excuse you got me I mean this business of uh, yeah, yeah he picked the wrong wife and you know he's supposed to be our leader and blah this and blah that and it says here has Moses in verse 2 has uh, and uh, they said has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses in other words Moses you're not the only person who can hear from God uh, we can hear from God too and so position authority and calling have nothing to do with who can or cannot hear from God that's never the issue and who God calls and why God calls people because he decides he wants to call people it's not based on who hears from God who doesn't hear from God who's got the best credentials who went to the best school who married better than who who you know all of that man-made stuff is religion and when God calls somebody and positions them that has to be respected by everybody because that is God's call on that person's life I was remembering <coughs> a testimony that a woman uh, gave she was in a, a Pentecostal church and I think she said her mother was her mother a minister her mother was a prophetess and this was back in the this lady was born like in the early 40s so her mother was like almost turn of the century uh, Pentecostal woman who was a prophetess and so her daughter this this woman grew up in the church and was very familiar with the word her mother prayed a lot and all that kind of stuff but she was kind of a rebellious type person and she was known in the church I guess as a as a bad apple so to speak and but then one day the call of God came and the anointing came on her life and so the people in the church kind of you know there was like come on now God you know come on really God you know really Megan my coworker and you met her a thousand times you know that kind of stuff and so the the pastor of the church called a meeting and he said now we've watched her all the years and we know her history we know but we know that God's put his hand on her and he's anointed her now and I don't want anybody to say an ill word against her anymore don't touch the anointing and don't see there was a higher level of respect in those days for the anointing of God today it's almost like that doesn't even matter you know it's like if I tell you I'm called and I told you I heard from God then you better respect me kind of thing but there there was a tangible anointing and a setting apart that was upon her life that everybody could recognize and I think that's good teaching and good training when people can recognize the anointing 
on somebody and respect it as coming from God and not something that can be judged or tampered with. So we see here the penalty for for discrediting the anointed of God. You know, well, you have to be careful what you say about people. You know, and and how you. Yeah, I see these, a lot of these people on Facebook criticizing uh, God's people because their doctrine's different or this is different or that. You know, you have to be careful uh, mentioning people by name and and all that kind of stuff and telling people they're not right and uh, they need to be corrected or you know these people are, are controlling or you know all this kind of stuff you know some people really need to be controlled because they don't know how to control themselves you know I mean Jesus broke the leg of the wayward sheep so we wouldn't wander out of the pen and get eaten by a wolf you know this is this is is, is good management of God's resources and so we, we have to really be more respectful of the anointing I know the enemy's done a lot to make people think everybody's an apostle everybody's there's so many chiefs there are no more uh, you know little Indians anymore uh, to do the work of the ministry because trust me when people put titles on themselves that's given themselves an excuse to not do a whole lot except be titled and so we, we have to be careful that we respect what God has sanctioned we respect those people that God has called and we respect his power when it's resting on a person's life and so they say is, is God only spoken to Moses you know we, he talks to us too <laughs> and God heard him talking about him well that's the important thing to remember God hears and you don't want to offend God now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth so if God says Moses was the meekest man on the earth that's probably why God picked him because he's not out there you know bad mouthing his brother and sister he's trying to get a word from God for the people and Moses spoke suddenly I'm sorry the Lord spoke suddenly to Moses to Aaron and Miriam and told them to come out of the tabernacle I want to talk to y'all and the three came out and the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth and he said hear now my words if there is a prophet among you I the Lord will make myself known to him in a vision and will speak to him in a dream so he says if I want to contact you with the message I can speak to anybody down there in a vision or a dream and I can call you a prophet because I spoke to you you got me and he says but my servant Moses is different because Moses has been faithful in everything I've given him to do I've made him the head of my entire household. In other words, I'm not just trying to get a message to him. I have a different relationship with him. Because he's been faithful in serving that whole nation of people. He couldn't trust Aaron and Miriam with that responsibility. If he could, they'd have it. God chooses whom he knows he can trust. He chooses the ones he knows he's developed to that point the development of God comes in the secret place 
It, it doesn't come out in the open. So nobody can say what God is doing on the inside of anybody to develop them to the place he wants them to be. And so we have to respect when God calls somebody and positions them. We have to respect that. Because that's the dealing of God. And he says verse 7 <clears throat> Moses is not like that. He's faithful in all my house. And he's the one I'm going to speak with mouth to mouth, face to face. Let him draw near to me. In other words, I have a relationship with him that is closer than the one that you have with me. Now that's quite a mouthful. God's telling him straight up, this is why I chose him. He's more humble than you. He's not trying to lord it all over you or criticize you. In fact, as soon as as God judged Miriam with leprosy, Moses immediately fell on his face and interceded for her. And this is why God chose him as faithful because he was willing to lay down his own life so that others could live, others could succeed, and others could be blessed. He was trying to include people, not eliminate them. Moses and, and, and I'm sorry, Aaron and Miriam were trying to eliminate him or discredit him. Moses is trying to include and embrace people. So this is the heart of a shepherd versus the heart of somebody who doesn't understand it, is just looking on, and is being critical of what he sees in leadership. And so God said, if I could get close to you, I'd talk to you face to face. But I can't. Because Miriam, you're always buzzing in somebody's business. And Aaron, you're always being jealous of your brother. So we can't have that in this house. We have to have cooperation, etc., etc. And so God had to judge Miriam and put her out with leprosy. M- Moses interceded for him, showing his meekness to his sister. He could have said, well, God, kill her. You know, she's giving me trouble what do I care just go do your thing God but Moses always interceded on behalf of the people he loved the nation of Israel he loved those people or he would not have been a leader over them and God saw that so God was able to speak with Moses face to face the thing you need to understand though the difference between a dream and a closer relationship with God is number one God if he must he will speak to anybody any way he can so a dream then is a more distant way of speaking to someone than is the preferred way that God wants and that's up close personal face to face mouth to mouth as he did with Moses so in our dispensation in the new covenant we have the preferred way God speaks to us face to face because we are indwelt by the spirit of Christ and by the Holy Spirit and we can worship God and enter into his presence through a new and living way through the blood of Jesus and so we have the preferred way now the preferred way is God through his word so if anybody gets excited about a dream they got from God you can let them know that's not his preferred way of speaking to us free yourself up from what you're busy doing or whatever so that you can get in the word and you can speak to God the way he prefers to speak to us and that is through his son and so we know that that God will speak to people he uses dreams to speak to people but when God's people do begin to dream we know that God is beginning to work a work that will change the earth and so God will release dreams into the hearts of his people he says that in the book of Acts he says that 
your your uh, uh, old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. And so these are still ways that God speaks to us. I think he speaks to a multitude of people in dreams. When he wants to get a message out to all of his people, he will oftentimes increase the number of dreams that he's sending to his people so nobody's left out of the message. And so everybody can get the message uh, because God still speaks through dreams. It said there are about 20 characters in the Bible were dreamers. And so they were people who allowed their souls to be open to God through dreams. And God opened up his information to them in that way. Dreams come through the soul and are intended to help us progress along the path of life. Our soul dialogues with our conscious mind. So your soul and in the seat of your soul that holds on to hopes, wishes, and ideas is able to feed your conscious mind. And oftentimes that happens through dreams. Dreams that you receive are oftentimes personally relevant to your life. So God will speak to you in a dream about something that's relevant to you. But he also will reflect on what's in our hearts through our dreams. And so if you feel that God is speaking to you through a dream, put it to the test. Ask God if that's him. And if that is him, what does he mean when he gives you that dream? And so we always want to have ourselves open to God however he wants to speak to us. He'll speak to your spirit directly through his word. But he also sometimes will speak to us through dreams. Man, he'll speak through dreams. Sometimes he will confirm dreams through the word. And he may confirm the word through dreams. If we sometimes are confused about a message that God sends us, he may send us a dream to embellish it, make it real, or add to it. Sometimes people who have control over their thoughts won't let much come through if they get distracted easily. And so God may use dreams to speak to people so that they can't shut the message down. You know, distract it or or shut it off and he can complete a message that he wants to get to us. Because of the strength of the body of Christ, many times uh, dreams will kind of get put on the back burner and God uses prophecy to build up the church or to get a message through to the church. And so when prophecy increases, uh, dreams often are not as frequent because you have the now word of God uh, spoken to your heart and to your life. And so the prophecy is to profit everybody. It is to increase the church and make the church wealthier in the knowledge of God. Many of us have benefited from personal prophecy uh, because it kind of solidifies some things. You ever notice how uh, sometimes your your hopes, your wishes, and your thoughts are a little fragmented and you can receive a prophecy that kind of pulls it all together for you. Get you to understand how to sort all that out and put it in, in, in right order so that God can help you with it. And so that's a reason for prophecy. The, the gifts of the Spirit are given to the 
church to profit everybody. Oftentimes you'll find people receiving dreams because they're a little disconnected from the church. They may be in a church that doesn't allow the free flow of the gifts of the spirit and doesn't have time for prophecy or maybe there's not a prophet in that house. And so God will have to speak to those people however he wants because he wants to get a word into people. And so uh, people will, will find dreams often are beneficial, a beneficial way God can communicate with them. So uh, in Genesis 37, though, we're going to talk about what happens when God's people dream because it's very important for us to understand that once a dream is given and God begins to uh, enlighten us and begins to share his mind through a dream, uh, then there's a purpose for that dream and that dream will begin to set the course for our lives uh, whether we want it to or not. Amen. Uh, That dream has a life of its own. Uh, That dream has a purpose in the earth. God will work out his purpose through his word given to his people. In Genesis 37, uh, in verse, well start in verse 1. It says, Jacob dwelt in the land when his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Uh, Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock of his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Billa and all of those kinfolk he had. Uh, and it says Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Okay, so it looks like Joseph was kind of a little family tattletale. You got me? A daddy day over there talking me, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. And, and so the, he was already favored by his father, you know, because that father was uh, his mother. I'm trying to think who his mother was. Was it Rebecca? Which one was his mother? She didn't have children for a lot, a lot of years. Yeah. And uh, and so when she finally did have a son, the dad was so overjoyed because it was a wife that he really loved. And, uh, you know, not one of the, not the ugly sister or the concubine. Or didn't she have a sister who was kind of cross-eyed or something? And, yeah, Rachel. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, this was his true love that finally had a baby for him. So he was all overjoyed. And he says that he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him. And they were always backbiting him, plotting against him, uh, anything that they could because they felt that he was the problem and not the dad. You got me? I mean, that's the way small minds operate. They, you know, just don't like it and can't rest with it. Verse 5, Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told his brethren and they hated him yet even more. So here's a kid that's gifted and he's these gifts are working. And on top of the brothers already hating him, he starts blabbing about, you know, that kind of thing. Now, word to the wise, if you need to, if God gives you a dream, ask him if you're to share it with anybody. Before you go off blurting about it and blabbing about it. Because if he gave you that dream, that information came to you. It didn't come to everybody else, but it came to you. Dreams are often uh, dealt with better in secret. Mary saw those things and pondered them in her heart. You see what I'm saying? She didn't go around releasing uh, uh, news about her son ahead of season. 
You know, there's a season for release of news or release of information. And wisdom will teach you the right season to speak something. I know a lot of times we get excited about what God's doing, but you got to talk to him about whether or not those things need to be shared. So obviously this was something Joseph needed to keep to himself. And he said, Joseph dreamed a dream, told his brethren they hated him. And he said to his father, hear about this dream I've dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about and began to bow down to mine. And his brethren said to him, are you going to reign over us? And, and have dominion over us and they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words so the dreams wouldn't have been known except for his words you got me so we've got a kid here that's got a real problem he knows he's superior in some way to the brother because of the gifts and God uses them I mean that's that puts you on a higher plane to begin with but to whom much is given much is required he doesn't have the wisdom yet to go with the gifting that's on the inside of him this is a common problem that gets people into trouble in the things of God we all have gifts talents and abilities folks there's a lot of them out there but if that gift does not come with wisdom, maturity, and it's not fully developed to the point where it can bless and help other people, it's just as good as not even being there. Because there are many people that have been given visions from God, many people given dreams and gifts and all of that stuff. But what makes the difference in that thing coming to pass is that God has free access to that individual's life so that that gift can be matured and wisdom will mature it the right way. Without wisdom that gift is just as good as not there because it will never produce what God wants it to produce. So then God's next job with this dream is to get it to come to pass through maturing the vessel that, that is carrying the dream got me when God gives you a dream he gives it to you because you will be a principal player in the outcome of that thing you don't carry dreams for other people you carry dreams related to your life because God is not the author of confusion you got me sometimes God may give you dreams as messages for others and he'll tell you to release it, when to release it, and how to release it. God's given me messages and dreams for people about people that haven't been released yet. There's going to be a time when that thing will, will happen, but it's not yet. In some some instances, it's been over tens of years, you know, a couple, couple ten years. But I know there will come a time for the release of that thing, and I'll release it then. I learned how not to run with everybody, to everybody, with everything God gave me that had their picture in it, their name in it, or something about them involved in it. You understand? Many times I've gotten dreams to deal with interceding for people because that's our primary ministry is that a prayer. And so many times you can get information that way uh, to intercede for people. But you really don't need to go through all of that to know to pray for somebody. You just see their need and you know the word and you pray. You know, So it's, it can be very, very simplified uh, if we don't complicate it. 
So here Joseph has had this dream. Verse 9 he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren. Behold I dream a dream even more. And behold the sun and the moon and eleven stars bowed down to me. Huh? And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father got mad at him finally and rebuked him. When a dream comes from God, the effect it has on the earth is tremendous. When it comes in, in the word of the Lord, the effect that it has on the earth is tremendous. It doesn't have to be in the form of a dream, but when God's word is spoken, in certain situations the effect that it has is tremendous why because that word from God has the authority and the power to change things on earth forever and this is why the reaction against it is so strong because people on the earth want to keep things the way they are everybody's threatened by change and you'll find people that you know if, if if somebody says well God wants to bring a revival here well that's a code word for things are really boring and dull and we're not doing a whole lot and we need some life down here you know everybody gets all excited oh we're having a revival you know and it's a code word to them until God starts doing it and then people can't get their bills paid automatically like they used to do and now they got to pray more to get just basic things done but they want it revival and see this is part of it somebody's got to pray somebody's got to be on their face before God somebody's got to pay attention to what God wants to do when revival comes the standard church service won't work anymore and so people get upset if you know the worship goes beyond 30 minutes everybody's looking at their watch because we got to get out of here in an hour an hour and a half like we're used to doing and so while we were excited about revival the fact that it's coming in now and it's changing things is upsetting to people and this is what you see going on here this dream because it means somebody's going to be in a position and somebody's going to be in another it's setting things in an order that's different from the way they live now and that's why they hate it from the father down to the brothers and so when this dream comes when God's people begin to dream things will be upset the normal way that things happen is stirred up and turned upside down sometimes the normal ways that we've been doing things even though God's been pleased with the way it's been going up until now and it wasn't to say that that uh, Jacob's family was out of order or anything was wrong with that family it's just that things are going to change because life changes now they didn't have all the information in the backdrop of what would be going on in their lives when this when this situation would happen they just got a snapshot huh? a selfie of that whole little family so now they don't like it because something's out of place that used to be it used to be set up different than that huh? the oldest brother he used to be in charge of everything but now Joseph's involved here and so he's you know he's taking the older brother's place what does that mean you mean you're gonna how are you gonna get my job you know all of a sudden I'm the one who runs everything around here etc etc so everybody sees themselves being in different situations but they don't know how this is going to happen and they dislike it so much that they try to stop it from happening
And that's one thing you need to know. When God's people begin to dream that the enemy sets forth a plan to stop it from happening. Because it's God's will coming to bear down in the earth. And the enemy does not want God's will to prevail. Why not? Because when God's will prevails, he loses ground in what he's trying to do. And so he doesn't want to lose his position. People who are positioned in a carnal fashion see that as a threat as well. They don't want to lose their position. And so they will fight the manifestation of this dream because it's so totally different from everything else. Even people in the natural who have have dream dreams, you know, and, and some you can say, you know, God's in that because look at how humanity was helped by their dream, etc., etc., have to fight to get it to come to pass some people sacrifice everything family harmony uh, they sacrifice relationships with people they sacrifice just because there's something in their heart that they're dying to do and and they want to get out and do that because it's in them to do it so when a dream is a part of your when it comes through you when it's a part of you it's going to cost you something as well to manifest that thing uh, in the way God wants it to be manifested you're not going to be the same person when as you were when that dream first came to you at the end of that thing you're going to be a totally different person because if if it were in you to accomplish it now it would not be in the form of a dream you'd be doing it right now and so God has to do something in Joseph to make this dream come to pass jealousy arises over dreams because they're communications with God and because they have the power to change things change situations jealousy really endeavors to cut us off from the manifestation of what we dream you see many people want to come and talk you out of it oh God's going to uh, God's going to use you oh really I thought you had to you know what I'm saying they, has God said the same thing he did to Eve and put doubt in you as to whether you're the right person or not like God doesn't know what he's doing you got me and so anything that jealousy can do to cut that dream off jealousy will do you'll find that that you may think there are other key people who are involved in it and when you go to them they could care less about what you're talking about got it I can remember um, you know I, I was in a women's uh, ministry early early in my my walk with God and um, we would have occasionally we'd have people who were solid in the gifts of the spirit you know we'd always because it was a spirit filled group you know and they, everybody was in a church that was dull dead and then they sneaked out and got baptized in the Holy Ghost and so we we would always uh, get we tried to get speakers who were you know helping that spirit filled life to be developed you know and uh, so we we would had a couple that would prophesy to you know everybody I, I was on the board there and, and uh, we always had the privilege of being able to, to have some alone time with the speaker and give prophecy from from them and so forth and so on and so uh, there was a woman that came one time and she gave me a prophecy about uh, teaching the word of God and so we 
we were talking, you know, we'd always tell each other, well, what'd you, what'd you get? Did you get anything? You know, so, so the one time I told them, uh, they said, what'd you get? I said, well, you know, she had something really good to say about me teaching the word and so forth and so on. And I could feel a knife come. And one of the older ladies said, oh, you just got the overflow from my prophecy. I mean, just like that. You see what I'm saying? And so that came to cut that off from me, you know. But thank God I knew how to stay in the spirit, and God had showed me. He said, Listen, he said, I don't have to give you leftovers from anybody. He said, I called you from the foundation of the earth, and I have a sure word for you. You know what I'm saying? And so the end result that was like 25 years ago and she's done nothing you know if I got her overflow I've done a whole lot more with her scraps than I did with you know than she did with her real word but you know God will show you how the warfare against that vision and that dream will come straight at you and usually from people who are close that you can trust because then the enemy wants you to open yourself up to receive that because you trust people you see and so God had showed me how to deflect that thing and let it bounce right off as though it were never said you know and you could see her face totally changed you know because it just wasn't hitting her right and so anyway there will be jealousy arising because of that dream just like it did with Joseph and his brothers and it will often come to you from people who are close to you because they can't accept what God is doing you know at least not then not in seed form many people cannot accept it oftentimes and I think sometimes that's why many times people will come to our ministry because of the prophetic light that's here prophets can see beyond your darkness if you know what I mean they they can see diamonds in the very very rough you got me because we're called to see that uh, because God sees that he doesn't God doesn't care how much sin is in your life at the time you're called when you're called he sees what you can be and what you've got inside you he sees what he put inside you he doesn't see all this other nonsense and so he'll raise up prophets who can see the same things that he sees and report it you can always tell when somebody has a bad reputation because people standing around you know that kind of stuff and so you just you just know it but you speak what God shows you that he's put inside people we've all got stuff inside on top and junk on top of it and so this is what Joseph had at the same time he had good stuff inside but junk on top of it and so God has to refine us and get us down to where the good stuff is so that humanity can be blessed that's the thing God blesses humanity through the gifts that he's put in people he has to get them out he's got to refine them he's got to put us through our paces and and, and we show God that we want him more than we want anything else and we want to obey him more than we want to have all the fun in the world and so when we, we start to live like that 
And then what God has put in us can be uh, retrieved, it can be refined, it can be salvaged, it can come on up a little bit so that we can help <coughs> help humanity. And so we see Joseph now going into a, a place, a dark place, because this jealousy that the brothers have uh, for him and against him caused Joseph's brothers to uh, want to kill him. They want to kill the dream. And so some people feel the only way they can kill the dream is to kill the vessel that it's contained in. And and they set about doing that. And so in verse 18 in Genesis 37... They saw him afar off even become, before he came near to them and conspired against him to kill him. And it's very important that that dream, once it gets released into the earth, because the enemy can blind people to the good thing that can come from that dream. In fact, nobody sees anything good about the dream except Joseph. He sees he's going to be in charge of stuff and that's pretty tantalizing to him. But he doesn't know what cost it's going to cost him to get that to come to pass. So they said one to another, here comes the dreamer. See, the dream is what they're after. Not so much after him. They're after the dream. And they hate what he carries. And so many times when you carry vision, you carry uh, power, you carry understanding, you carry light on the inside of you. There will be many people that really hate that. And so <clears throat> we need to understand though that if you will follow through on your part of the dream, you'll stay with God. Uh, God respects what's in you. And God will protect what's in you. But you You've got to be obedient to him. You've got to stay with him. So the will of God is wrapped up in a dream that he gives to his people. That's his will. Because the world hates the dream because it brings change in a higher order of things. They had a family order that was going to be upset. You imagine his older brother, I think Reuben was the oldest one, and he was going to get the inheritance. He was going to be able to manage. We talk about the firstborn getting a double portion of the inheritance, but really they got the whole thing. They got the management of it so that the firstborn decided who else would get something what portion they would get they ran everything they made all the decisions and now we see Reuben having to give way to the younger brother his position and he's you know, he's angry too but God's able to speak through him so that they don't uh, kill Joseph but they decide to throw him in a pit make his dad believe he's dead and then they sell him off to uh, some traders that take him down to Egypt and so in verse 29 it says Reuben returned to the pit and behold Joseph was not in the pit and he tore his clothes and returned to his brethren and said this this boy isn't here they took Joseph's coat killed the kid and uh, made the father think that he had been killed by a lion and so the, the brothers though had sent him down and sold him for some money and sent him down to Egypt with some traders so when, when Joseph gets down to Egypt is when he begins to reflect no doubt on what God has put inside of him and he decides though that he wants to obey God and just 
in order to survive he has to do some things and so I believe God begins to talk to Joseph and develop him in these adverse conditions and oftentimes we wonder why we have difficulty in our lives but yet we feel we're going somewhere in God and I'm here to tell you you can't have it both ways you can't have a party every day and have development in your inward parts so that God can use you and that gift that he's put inside of you can come out and shine and do what it's supposed to do in the earth Jesus said very plainly if anybody wants to be my disciple you got to pick up your cross and that's what this was for Joseph this was nothing more than picking up his cross and this enslavement is what would put him to death and crucify the parts of him that God can't use Uh, he can't use our wild ideas and our disobedience he can't use our bragging and our back talk he can't use our our, uh, um, you know running back and tattletailing on the brethren and all that little evil stuff (laughs) Joseph was doing I mean it had to go and so God God will, will devise an instrument in our lives that will crucify our flesh and actually put it to death. Everybody's got one. We try to get rid of them. We try to divorce them. We try to run from them. We try to climb down off the cross. You know, we want to get up on the cross when we feel like it. When we get tired of it, we crawl down again. And, well, you know, like the cross is something we can manipulate. And so J- Jesus said, nope, just pick it up and take it with you daily. It's an object of your crucifixion. Sometimes it's it's just the the uh, knowledge of God that He's put on the inside of you. Sometimes it's relationships with people that will keep you humble to God, so that you can't rise up in your flesh, and that flesh can't live at the same time your spirit lives. So there is a cross for everybody. There's something that we must do that keeps us in a very narrow place so that God can always find us he's developing us he's developing a divine discipline in us he's helping us to to stay in a place where we can be uh, found by him where we can be refined all of those things we know it we've all had experience with it I can say there are many people that just walk away from it because they, you can walk away from, from disciplining God you can go and do things your own way but you won't develop the way God wants you to develop and I can say this that for what you're called to do God will close doors so that you can't let go of that object of crucifixion he'll make you stay with it why he wants something greater out of you than you can imagine you're capable of so he will allow you to understand that this is a restricted life that we have I don't know where Christians get this idea you can do anything you want to do and still have God it's, that's never been true his name is holy he wants us to be holy because he's holy and that means you're set apart you're separated you're, you're in a, a tight restricted place you can't go everywhere do everything and say anything you want to say you, you have to stay obedient to God whatever he tells you to do and so when we we have that in our lives we're on our way to development and development of great things so the first job Joseph has was in Potiphar's house he went down to Egypt in Genesis 39 Potiphar was captain of the guard of the Egyptian 
and uh, <clears throat> he had brought uh, brought Joseph down to Egypt with him and verse 2 says it all the Lord was with Joseph that's the only report you need that God is with you see when God's with you you're going to everything's fine for you I don't care if you're uh, in the, the top ranks of anything or you're in the bottom rung of something. If God is with you, uh, then everything's going to work out well for you. And so <clears throat> when he was in Potiphar's house, he was, uh, verse 4, it says, Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight and he served him. And Potiphar made him overseer of his house and everything he had he put into his hands. Now Joseph has learned something. Uh, from the time he's been in captivity he's learned how to be obedient he's learned how to respect authority but he's also learned how to take God's standards with him and that's the most important thing whatever you do you take God's standards with him with you I doubt that he was overhearing conversations and running telling on people anymore you got me amen so here we see some flaws in his character are being corrected because we all have to have that grooming in God we've got to have uh, flaws in our character corrected we've got to have shortcomings corrected we've got to have insecurities dealt with there's a lot that has to be done before we're perfected and outfitted for the for the uh, outcome of the dream that God has placed on the inside of us and so uh, Potiphar really didn't care what Joseph did he didn't check up on him Uh, he let him have free reign and so this was training God's training for when Joseph would be overseer of a lot more the Bible says if you're faithful in a few things I will make you ruler over many things so Joseph because of his faithfulness in Potiphar's house is due for a promotion when you are due for a promotion in God that promotion will come I don't care what else happens in between God keeps record of our obedience he keeps record of our development he keeps record of what he wants us to do and when you have obeyed God and you've mastered a certain level and you are due promotion that promotion will come and it will come in its right season so we see a little test here of Joseph as the overseer Joseph Potiphar doesn't care what you do with anything he doesn't look at the books and the figures after you he could care less but there is something that belongs to him that you're not allowed to touch got me and that would be his wife and so when this door is opened of temptation for Joseph Joseph decides to resist her and the devil sets him up for false accusation now when you're doing everything right and somebody accuses you of wrong what do you do and so this is part of the trial that a dream or a vision will put you through when you when you're bringing it to pass in God he wants our character to be flawless because his son is flawless God is not so desperate for people to work for him that he will take people that he doesn't approve of their character 
he will just wait until he develops somebody else if it wasn't Joseph it would be the next guy that God chose you got me like uh, uh, Mordecai told Esther he said you know you're in a position to help us he said I can't help but think that God sent you here for this time he said this you fit so well here but understand this Esther if you don't cooperate with God he's going to deliver us through somebody else so our deliverance is going to come whether it's you or not depends totally on how you respond to this open door so we're never greater than the work that we're called to do in God folks there's nobody who's above having to live by God's laws and his rules that, that he's using you don't get beyond uh, God doesn't cut you slack because you've got a multi-million dollar ministry that's his multi-million dollar ministry you don't get to cut corners and and uh, you know uh, do a little shady stuff here and there. They're they're ministers that sit up in prison because they don't keep their finances straight. And so you we have to understand, folks, that that we are called to a very high standard. God's not a low standard God. He's a very high standard God. And so he is raising Joseph to the level of the dream the dream is bigger than Joseph ever was and so God has to elevate Joseph on the inside to the level of the dream that he is carrying on the inside of him if he's going to have the sun and the moon of the stars bowing down to him which represent kings and kingdoms then he's going to have to be of, of superior character in God's eyes so that God can trust him to pull this off because it's very very important what Joseph is going to have to do. How much time we got, Miss Shannon? Okay, all right. So we see Joseph in Potiphar's house, and it says here, verse twelve: This wife of Potiphar caught him by his garment, saying, "Lie with me." He left his garment in her hand and fled and ran out. It came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in his hand and fled, she called the men of the house and, and told a lie and said, this Hebrew is coming to mock me, tried to rape me and all this kind of stuff. And she kept his garment until the husband came home. Of course, the husband has to defend his wife. He's upset. And the servant is just a servant as far as he's concerned. But this is the end of Joseph's time in Potiphar's house. Now, when God is developing you and developing your character when you when you're done with that phase of of development you're done with it so he has to move you on to the next phase god really doesn't care how he moves you on you understand me it can be through false accusation and you get kicked out you know, I know people, many people have been kicked out of churches. And I think they get kicked out because they don't know it's time to leave. Huh? You sit up there and you learn as much as you can. And when the sermons start to get redundant over and over again, it's time for you to move on so that God can develop you some more. And so you don't know to leave. So you get the left foot of fellowship because all of a sudden the people that loved you yesterday don't love you anymore. You know, so we've all been there. It's a promotion. It may not look like it, but it's a promotion, folks. And so God then will have to develop the next place of our development. And so with Joseph, 
he's getting a promotion but it doesn't look like it uh, he's being moved down to the prison and so when he's falsely accused and he's thrown into jail he is there for promotion purposes this is where his promotion takes place I can remember when uh, we started our ministry and and we were in a church and the pastor was oh, all excited about us and you know sometimes people can say words but they don't really mean them and so he was accustomed to just you know dealing with people that way but God had anointed us to to prayer and 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 in uh, me as a prophet and so you know when when people understand some things that you don't understand it's kind of irritating for people in leadership and so there came a day where we had to leave and when we went to go to prayer they had locked the door of the church and so we didn't have a place to meet anymore so I didn't see it as a promotion, but it was. But we got promoted to the living room of a pastor's wife. That was, you know, you go from a nice church with a lot of people coming in and out, going here and there, and then all of a sudden you're in the somebody's living room. And then when I came to Detroit. I was promoted even farther. I was in people's basements having meetings. In fact, that's where I met Mr. Gary. Remember we were at, um, what's her name? Um, Margaret. Margaret would have those meetings. Yeah. And it was in a basement of somebody. And and she was in the basement herself as a pastor. She didn't even have a church. So here were all these prophets down the basement. Then I remember David and his men in the cave of Adullam. Remember that? And we preach about the cave of Adullam where he developed the mighty men and all that kind of stuff and so I just got used to going where God told me to go it didn't bother me one way or the other if you know if it was a palace or a pit I was used to both of them and so that's where Joseph winds up he winds up in prison and he's gone from being the top man uh, in Potiphar's house and he was a captain he had high stature and, and Joseph could have stayed there forever but it wasn't for him to stay there forever God had to do something else with him so here Joseph is in the prison and in 39 verse 22 and verse 21 but the Lord was with him underline that again and verse 2 in Potiphar's house the Lord was with him in verse 21 in the prison the Lord was with Joseph showed him mercy gave him favor so when God is with you you get mercy and favor don't discount any of them as being belonging to you you live off mercy and you live off favor God has to uh, endow you with certain abilities to make your way through life mercy is very important favor is very important if God held us according to our misdeeds and judged us according to our misdeeds we'd go nowhere but he's merciful and he's willing to forgive and he's willing to help us and he's willing to encourage us and so forth and so on and that's what that was Joseph's daily portion from God was mercy and favor so the keeper of the prison again gave Joseph charge of everything down there you know this is just common for him uh, that's his uh, his kind of entry-level skill is being a good administrator uh, he was a, a brat at home hiding all these abilities under bratness 
You got me? And so many times in a comfortable environment or comfort zone, what's in us never gets a chance to come out. It's shrouded in the daily routine of, gee, let me see if I, what can I say to rattle my brothers today? And what can I do to go around them and find out some dirt on them so I can come and get them in trouble with dad again today? God had to stop all of that because it was killing a gift on the inside of this kid that was of great value to humanity. And that's what God will do with all of us. He will get us away from our goofy friends. He will get us away from people who who uh, flatter us and, and inflate us in the wrong way. He'll divorce us from a lot of this nonsense and get us to himself so he can pull out what's in us that he needs to help the rest of humanity. You've got to understand this. You're not put here for you. You're not put here just to have a nice job, a nice house, nice stuff, nice this, nice that, and be ruined by niceness and never get greatness. You got me? Niceness can always come and kill and stifle the greatness that's in you. And so God will have to get us in not nice situations sometimes. Get us in uncomfortable situations and straits where we can't move and go one way or the other. We just got to stay there and trust God to move us on when it's time. And that's what this prison represents. We all have this restriction in our lives. You know, don't resent it. Embrace it. Understand it and understand that it's a very important part of what God wants to develop in us. And so here the keeper of the prison put everything in Joseph's hands in verse 22. And the prisoners <coughs> uh, uh, and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison. And whatsoever they did there he was a doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. That which he did and the Lord made it to prosper. And so Joseph ran the prison as well. Not in a bad way but in a way that God could provide for the people who were there. One of the things that you see God doing here when he takes a person from high to low. Like Paul said I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. If you only know abundance, what's going to happen to the people who are in lack? Think about it. If you only know abundance, what's going to happen to people who are in lack? You'll never... You have a dislike for him, I tell you, because that's what happens with most people. Joseph had to spend his time in the prison so that he could have compassion on people who were either rightly accused and needed forgiveness or falsely accused and needed to be set free. He had to know how to touch every level of humanity because he would have to govern these people. When you govern people, you just can't hobnob with the rich all the time and say you're an advocate for the poor. If you've never lived the life of the poor and you don't understand how they live and what they do, what kind of a. The Bible says every high priest taken from among men, or every priest taken from among men, you're taken from among the people. You have an identity with, you live like them. 
You send your kids to the same school. Your kids go to the same schools their kids go to. You have to pay a mortgage just like they do. You have to do all of the things when you're a priest taken from among men. The Bible says you have to be able to identify with their life. You have to be able to sympathize with them. You've got to have to know what they're going through. When I was growing up, we had a lot of off and on poverty in my in my life. It took me years to not be ashamed of it anymore and embrace it as a fact of my life. But now I don't have a problem with with bagging bread to give to people that I don't know and be faithful with it. You know, we have bread back there now we need to give away to people. We're going to do it when this meeting's over. You know why? Because there's somebody that needs it out there somewhere and we're not going to throw it out because we're too whatever to try and find people to, to give it. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be like that and be a child of God. You've got to touch everybody. Mother Teresa, you know, people applaud her, as a, and she deserves the credit for it. You know what I'm saying? She she took a vision from God that she had, but her vision, she said, was that she saw people dying in the streets on the concrete and in the dirt, and she said, "God, I believe everybody needs a nice, clean bed to die in." She wasn't trying to be a minister. She wasn't trying to have a platform. She wasn't trying to have a healing ministry. She wasn't trying. But she saw, she looked with compassion and thought, these people are born on this street and they die on this street. God, if you're real, help me to get these people comfortable at least before they die. And she had a ministry to the dying where many of them found Christ. She didn't know how that was going to work. But her end of it was to make these people comfortable. At least at the end of life they knew that there was a God somewhere who loved them and cared about them. They didn't leave this earth just like a piece of garbage out in the street. And die with nobody. Give them a clean bed. Give them a sip of water. Hold their hand. Pray for them. Anything like that. And that's what she wanted to do. And that vision, that dream that she had... Of doing that elevated her higher than many people. The favor she had with God is unimaginable. Unimaginable. She'd come to the White House and, and rebuke the President of the United States. Bill Clinton was President at the time. And she said, you need to stop abortion in your country. And he just stared at her, you know. And she said, if you, the, your, your people don't want their babies, send them to me. I'll take care of them. And she was speaking from, she wasn't exaggerating. She was speaking from the heart of God. God knows how to take care of people. He brings them into this earth. And so these are things that when, when you have a dream that God puts inside of you, you allow God to develop you and stay focused on that dream. And you live the life that he gives you to live so that you can be a good steward over that. Uh, presidents will listen to you. They'll invite you to high places. There's not a, a ruler of the earth that was anybody that that woman didn't go visit, you know. And they gave money to her ministry. Oh, a woman minister in the Catholic Church. Oh my, yeah. How about that? She didn't let the fact that her religion said that women couldn't do certain things. She just got out and did it. She didn't care if they said it or not. She was representing God. You understand what I'm saying? And so when God is with you, these kinds of things will happen just like they happened with Joseph. Wherever you are, what level God has you, he's got to be able to trust somebody to take care of the poor. He's got to be able to.
That's not a low calling. That's a high calling, folks. Because that's a ministry of great compassion. That's a ministry where you're not going to meet a whole lot of people that are going to be able to help you personally to blow up and get to the next level or you know whatever you think you want out of life you're not going to get it there but you'll get favor with God and and that's where God's grooming Joseph to be so we're going to stop and, and pick it up later amen father in heaven we thank you for the opportunity to share your word to minister your word thank you lord that your word is truth and your word is life we thank you lord that there is life on your word it's full of life thank you that our spirits and our souls are energized with truth because you give us this truth that we can live by lord i thank you that there's a joseph in every situation there's a joseph uh, that we need leaders lord that will come forth and and get your vision and get your dream and get your understanding of where the body of christ is going and i thank you lord that we're stirred up today to understand that we are necessary people on the earth to help humanity in jesus name amen praise god amen if anybody needs prayer come on up for prayer praise god
everybody been praying for that needs prayer? Praise God. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how we're going to do it with this bread. I haven't even looked in the bags yet. But um, I just think what we can do is... If you have a neighbor, if you take some for yourself, by all means, you won't have to go to the store and buy it. If you have a neighbor or somebody that you know that you can give a couple of loaves to, why don't we make sure we get it all uh, distributed and we'll just take a couple of minutes to go through and find what you can take to someone and we'll make sure we get this uh, bread distributed so that people won't be in want. So if everybody's got a neighbor that, you know, you can make a nice gesture and... Uh, that's part of your Christian witness even so it's going to be a good way to witness get in the door uh, and tell them that you got it at church and God wants them to know he loves them and he cares about them so praise God so what we'll do is just bring it uh, Mr. Gary if you can bring it from back there over into the bistro area we'll put it on the um, tables you can do it after we're done Mr. Gary Father in heaven we thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence hearing your word knowing your, your love and knowing your plan for us I thank you Lord that all of your plans are good your thoughts toward us are good your love toward us is good your will for us is good thank you Father that you're 100% good toward us and for us and we bless you Lord in Jesus name Amen praise God Amen Amen Amen